Come on everybody and gather around Your boys Josh and Dustin gonna break it down Survivor is our favorite show If you're a fan too then we thought that you should know That we recap every episode Blindsides, idle plays, advantages and twists Just listen to your boys Survivor Analyst The Survivor Analyst the Survivor Analyst. Analyzing gameplay and strategy. Got sent home. Damn, what a tragedy. Every tribal vote and confessional. You can trust us. We're Survivor Professionals. Blindsides, idle plays, advantages, and twists. Just listen to your boys, the survivor analyst. Blindsides, idle plays, advantages, and twists. Just listen to your boys, the survivor analyst. The survivor analyst. The survivor analyst. The survivor analyst. What's going on, guys? Welcome here to the Survivor Analyst Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Mims, and here we are. We are covering something new. We're trying something new, and here with me to recap Survivor Michigan Wolverine Wars, Dustin King. We here, we, something new, something different, something that aren't reruns, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, so I think it was, was it earlier this week, like on a Tuesday, that we got news of Survivor going back into production. Yes, yes it was. And I, w- I have to say, the the quarantining or the COVID pandemic thing didn't do Jeff any favors. Uh, you seen his long hair, yeah, too? <laughs> yeah, and it's starting to gray, too. I'm like, dude, you old. Shave that, please. You can't slick it back anymore. I wonder if he's going to get a haircut before the season starts filming. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a long, whole month of being out in Fiji with that kind of hair. Which, I mean, it won't be near as bad for him as it will be for the contestants, but... Yeah. Alright, so... That's the good news, is that Survivor is back in production, which means we should have a brand new season, season 41, in probably September to talk about. But until then, we are covering Survivor Michigan, which is a college survivor uh, along the type of like Survivor Maryland. Uh, it's on YouTube on the Survivor Michigan page. And so um, I have have watched... Um, season 3 was the first season of Survivor Michigan I watched. And um, so I went back, I watched season 1, and season 1 just blew my mind. It was really, really good. And then I just finished watching season two, which was, it was a good season um, with a very good, like the finale was really, really good. Uh, but so, and then I didn't get to rewatch season three like I wanted to before watching uh, the season four premiere. But um, here we are. We're here at the season four premiere of Survivor Michigan. We have four returnees and we're going to be covering it. What do you, what do you think? What if, uh, of 
because this is totally new to Dustin pretty much. Like, what, what, what was your take for watching, like, a college survivor on YouTube? The first episode was very first episode E, if that makes sense. It's like, hmm, I really don't feel like I got enough to really make a full assessment. And, I mean, right, it's the first episode. You're not really going to get that completely. But right now, I would probably rate rate the first episode probably like a, a 4 out of 10. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry for any Survivor Michigan people who might listen to this. You are, you just, you gotta get used to, like, I felt like this was actually really good editing, really good, you know, quality for as good as you can get for this type of kind of Survivor. And I appreciate that. You just have to get used to it, because you've been, you're used to watching Survivor with, like, HD quality. And right, I admit that, I admit that, and I, I will own that, I'm just saying... I'm just like that's just that's just how I felt. I mean, it didn't it didn't detract from my experience of the whole show, uh, or at least the first episode as a whole, because I do understand that. But it's definitely playing into how I would rate it. I'm not gonna like if I set it aside, set that aside. I would probably give give it a six out of ten. Uh, only only up two points. The, I mean, I get it. I will say, with that said, there was one part where the quality did like spike up really, really high while they were introducing the returning players. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's not like the whole thing was just filmed from, which I don't know, maybe that one was also filmed from my iPhone. It just, they just put a little bit more into it or something. Okay. All right, so let's let's jump into Survivor Michigan Wolverine Wars, which I that's a pretty cool name. Like that's be a co- pretty cool thing, you know, Wolverine Wars. All right, so let's we first talk about how there's this twist. There's going to be four returnees from the previous seasons and uh, these are people who have been dying for redemption. So you, these have not been winners before, but um these are people who who have made an impact on their games and then uh, lost out, and now they're here to, for redemption. They're back. They want it. And um, so we have Matthew from Season 1. We have Jack from Season 2, and Aliza and Ben from Season 3 coming back. And um, so Ben said that he felt like he, he didn't... Um, but his problem was that he didn't allow himself to trust people fully and that this time he's going to be open and honest and, and, you know, and then Matthew says that he's playing for himself, that he was playing too much for like his alliance and his group instead of looking out for himself as, you know, the number one, uh, his main priority. And then Elisa she just wants to make, she wants to do better than what she did last time. What she was eighth place last time, she wants to at least get, you know, seventh or higher this time, uh, which I think she probably will. Um, all right. So then we get introduced to, um, what I thought was kind of weird at first was that they got like four different meeting 
plot places with uh, the four returnees in each of these meeting places. And then, which, you know, I thought was confusing at first because I was like, why are you meeting in like four different places? And then all of a sudden you're all together and then y'all get split in the tribes. But I feel like the reason why they did that was so you can kind of get a quick introduction to everybody without it being like just chaos with everybody there together. Mm-hmm. I will say um, that, I mean, I get it, right? You're on a campus and you really can't limit this from happening, um, but it kind of ends up playing a role in later in the episode a little bit um, that the intermingling that the tribes can do, I mean, it adds an interesting dynamic for sure, but... I feel like it's a dynamic that doesn't need to be there until a merge. So anyways, just while I was thinking about it, also while I was thinking about it, um, if somebody from Survivor Michigan does listen to this, I can hear them now be like, well, your production quality on your podcast sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, maybe, maybe. It's opinions. We're all entitled to them. Anyways, uh, they can talk about the production quality all they want, but they just better not talk about my theme song, okay? They, <laughs> if they try to talk my theme song, I will be upset. <laughs> we will drive to Michigan, okay? Um, yeah, I mean, it, was, it felt like your pretty standard kind of introduction to all the people. That is definitely quite the array of characters, um, some that I like more than others. We'll try to run through each of these real quick. So on for Matthew, we had Dale, Jackson, and Ivy that met with Matthew. And Dale, is the he was the grad student that's the old guy, and he's yeah, shaving um, his beard to try to look young. Yeah, uh, Dale's my pick. He's your pick? Yeah, Dale's my pick. He's actually... I was listening to the preseason like podcast that they did like an hour or so before the premiere, and a lot of people picked Dale as their like winner pick. So yeah, Dale, Dale gives me good vibes. Dale does seem like um, a smart player, and I think he could. He's definitely a contender. Uh, then we had Jackson and Ivy, and Jackson, he was like, oh, I'm, everybody that meets me, they're my best friend, and I'm going to win over everybody with my personality and, and bat my pretty blue eyes at them, and they'll just fall for my spell or whatever. So Yeah, he was annoying. <laughs> I, I I cannot tell if like, this guy is being like serious when he says that, or he's kind of like just... Parroting himself. I, I, I 100% believe that he actually thinks that about himself. I don't think so. Um, I think he's I like just, just playing that up. I hope okay. so. I really do. If he is, he's a really good actor. When we get to it, I'll explain why I think like okay. maybe he's yeah. just like kind of like joking around being, you know, being like, oh, I just bat my. Because that's almost like how Tyson was in Toka Chains where he was like, oh, you know, I'll just bat my eyes at him and whisper sweet nothings into the ear. All right, so what about Ivy? Ivy's the one, like, I don't care about anybody. I just want to get them gone. Yeah, I didn't get any distinct impressions of Ivy right from the get-go. I know that they gave her a little bit of a confessional, kind of, later in the episode. Um, So I'm not really sure. I have a good feeling about Ivy. I think she can be a, she might be a good player. 
Um, but that's that's all I got just from the little bit that we saw. Okay, and and at Jack, he met the people that met up with Jack was Tom, Megan, and Aaron. And Tom, as soon as he came in there, he was like started like um, he was like, oh well, I can build a trust with. A jack bite. We're looking for the idol together, and they're like looking up under the tables and stuff. Which I I kind of like Tom a little bit. I feel like he he's uh, I think he knows what he's talking about, and um, I feel um, I feel like he could be somebody to look at to look um, as like a p- possible contender too. Um, I think both of these people. If they don't go out pre-merge, it's shortly after. Um, like I'm, and that's purely just off of like first impressions. Like nothing about them really sticks out to me. Um, yeah, I, yeah, nothing. I, I got nothing yeah. from them. Really. So yeah, Tom is clearly like he's a super fan, the, and and Jack compared him to Austin Pace from last season, who like I know from Survivor Buffalo too, who's yeah, he's a super fan of Survivor and he knows a lot about the game. And so I can see how Jack could compare him to Austin as like this super fan that's like crazy about the game and loves the game and stuff. And yeah. so well, then, Tom just comes off very socially awkward. Yeah, I I kind of feel that too. Um like if if he can get past that part, then I feel like, and he gets a foot in with like the the strategic part of the game. I feel like he can hold his own. That's yeah. what I think. I mean, he's definitely smart. I appreciated his um, illustration with the uh, three countries attacking the one uh, other country. Yeah. <laughs> I was so confused about that. I didn't. I did not follow that at all. And then we had Megan who. Uh, Megan was the one that we really didn't get much about. She was just like, I'm here. I'm just, I'm going with the flow. I don't want nobody to, you know, as long as it's not me, I'm good. Um, so Aaron, Aaron was the one that she knew, um, Kat from the other tribe. And she was, uh, one of the, like, the things that stuck out was she was like, oh, peace, love, and rocket science, which I thought was like, what? I never even heard of that before, but, um, she definitely seems Listen, like... As we progress further into the universe, and uh, depending on who you ask, there might be aliens. I personally don't, but that's, that's beside the point. Um, but if they are, you know, we don't need to go to war with other planets, Josh. So that's peace and love with the rockets. That's easy. Like, you just got to think about it, man. Make these contactions. You're the one with the master's degree here. <laughs> <laughs> and so then when with Ben, we had Katie, Camilla, and Nate meet with him. And this was probably the most interesting, like, group to, like, look at when they were, like, first introducing themselves. Because, uh, well, Katie, uh, or, yeah, Katie and Ben kind of hit it off right away. And then you had Camilla, who's, like, the you know, stereotypical, like, sorority girl she's like good looking and she's like wanting to flirt with all the guys to get her way in the game and stuff so <laughs> yeah i i like nate's handle on uh, i was gonna ask you about that nader's gonna nate <laughs> um camilla she i think she's she seems sweet um but also does she she's, look she's like got, she's got that manipulative yeah. side to her which kind of makes me think less of her. 
Do you think she really looks like Amanda Kimmel? I I don't think I watched the season with Amanda Kimmel on it. Heroes versus villains. Well, obviously she didn't play a big <laughs> enough role for me to care about her. Uh, she with the slideshow or whatever that they had on there for like two seconds. Yeah, I saw it briefly. I, yeah, I think there is some resemblance there. So I don't think it was like that far off of a like. Oh yeah, I can kind of see it. And then we had yeah Nate who came in with mac and cheese and he had the most bizarre like first interaction with ben where ben was like oh you're, you're with stage management right and then he's like <coughs> yeah i'm with stage management and i was like well, who in the world does that and then his confessional was like oh a lot of people hate me in life and i was like what <laughs> yeah it, i can see why I can see why a lot of people hate him in life. Yeah, he de- kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. When yeah, I'll be interested to see just how far Nate makes it in this game. I personally, I don't think I think he's going to be pre pre merge. And then we have Eliza's group, who she met with Cat, Shannon, and Adam. And Cat, of course, she's the ROTC. She's she's going to the army after yeah, she graduates. So Shannon, Shannon definitely told us more about her ROTC. Uh, Cat being an ROTC than Cat did. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I just... <laughs> Shannon hates Cat. <laughs> I, I wonder, because I really... I wonder if they, they were being facetious with, like, the different timestamps that they had. Uh, yeah. But honestly, I Shannon definitely comes off as the kind of person that would rant and rave about a... <laughs> One person for several hours. That definitely seems to be her like, archetype. Like, who is this person? Like, honestly, oh my god, I just well, who does she like? Th- that seems to be her archetype. Like, she's the person that's like griping about other people in the game. How, so these 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 people just how much of what we've seen on screen do you think they're putting on just for entertainment purposes? I think they're definitely hyping it up some. I think, for the most part, that's probably who they are. But, like, certain scenes, I do feel like they're just playing it up for, um... Like, they're trying to, like, oh, if I do this, I'll get screen time for the show. And they're just wanting to open to get, you know, on you know, the most okay. screen time. I really hope so. Because <laughs> if this is how some of them act in real life, then I feel bad for their parents. So, um... And then we cut to where they're all in, they're all outside, they're all lined up, and here comes Cooper to put them in to two different tribes, and then Cooper Bro, comes out. Shout out to Cooper. That man got an upgrade from season one. I did make it far enough into <laughs> season one uh, to know that if I had finished it, if I'd continue on at a later point, Cooper is the one I'm pulling for. So. I'm glad that I'm glad that he's still around. He seemed like a pretty cool guy. Yeah, he hosts seasons two, three, and now four. And I, I really do like Cooper as um, as a host. I think he does really good. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, so he comes in. He's introducing. There's twelve people here. That's not enough. Come on in, guys. And there's the four returnees come in, and it's like super dramatic. You got the, it like speeds up and it slows down on each one of them. And it's like the most just dramatic introduction for like these returnee players. Before we really get into it, I want to talk about the returnees, and I want to get your thoughts on each of the returnees and 
Like, how do you think they're going to do? All right. Um, so you're going to name them all? Yeah, we have Matthew from season one. Detective uh, Matt. The lion, as he's called himself. I think he buys too much of his own hype. That's, that's the feeling I get. Um, again, I, I can't tell. And so maybe I guess they're doing a good job, but I can't tell like how much of what he's saying about himself or like if he actually thinks that about himself, <laughs> if he's putting it on or what. Um, but out of all the people, uh, at least on Tokidoki, I feel like Matt is probably the most strategic, but he, I also feel like he is um, the most full of himself. So I kind of think that could be a very uh, a bad thing for him. I, I, he'll probably make merge. I don't think he wins, though. I don't think he comes close to winning either. Okay. Um, I personally think... I don't think he's... I think he's hyping, to a degree, hyping it up for the cameras. Like, right, and it's entertaining. The, like, whole, the whole detective shtick. Yeah, he's like, I'm back, mother effers. Whoa. You know, I like. I think he's just like, I think he's hyping that up. I don't really think that he thinks he's like, you know, the greatest player that ever stepped, you know, on the earth. Or right. But with that said, you know, if that's what he's portraying on this, and that's what he's kind of carrying himself as in front of the rest of the people he's playing with, then I don't think my assessment of him is necessarily far off from what they also may think of him. Yeah, um, but is he only acting that way in confessionals? Right, right. And, uh, and that's a good point. Uh, that's a good point. It's just, you know, I, I don't know. I guess we'll see as the season yeah. goes on. All right, so what is your take on Jack from season two? Oh, he was a returning player? Yeah. That's, that's That sums it up, then. <laughs> I didn't. Well, you I didn't, didn't realize even, he was there. No, I didn't. Yeah, he. Yeah, he's boring. Boring. Yeah, he's boring. Oh, you're gonna see. Jack's, I, Jack's I, boring. In my mind, Matthew, Jack, and Eliza are like the strategic players that were like, um, they kind of like got robbed almost. And then you got Ben, who was the 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 drama person that like. You know, he he had some strategic mind too, but then he was more of like the one that was stirring the pot and and, and doing like crazy stuff. And then, and uh, so for me, you know, Jack is. I'm interested to see how Jack does. Um, um, and it's interesting because, like, in my mind, I've already watched season two, and I got to keep in mind in mind that these people who he's playing with have never even seen season two. They may have heard from other people about what happened, but they haven't seen all that, so they don't really know that much about Jack. Yeah, it was surprising to me whenever they showed the date and the time of the initial... Oh, 2019. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> so, I, I thought, like, the filming and stuff that they had just done, like, end of last year or something, like, at the start of the last semester in the fall... Right. So I was surprised. So then we got Aliza. Um, 
I really don't know. I didn't get like a any kind of real good read on her, I don't think. Yeah, I feel like um Eliza's interesting. I feel like um she's just one of those players who's a solid player and is gonna yeah. get far in any kind of season you gonna put her in. Yeah. Uh all right, and then we have Ben. I think he was unnecessarily open with people. Um, there was no reason for him to <laughs> expose himself like that. All right. We'll get into that later on, but so, um, yeah, um, Ben, I thought was an interesting choice because I think, you know, okay, Matthew, okay, I understand, Aliza uh, uh, and, and, and Jack, both, sol- they're all like solid players. Ben, you know, I, I thought maybe they would go with like a more strategic person. I mean, and he is, he's got you know, strategic tops, but I guess he's more famous for like, Oh, the bin bomb and everything he dropped. But so, um, that was kind of my initial takes on the four returning players. And I'm interested to see, you know, how they changed their games or if they changed their games at all, or, you know, yeah. With Ben specifically, after he had talked about all that, um, I'm glad that they made the rule that, uh, Phones aren't allowed at tribal council anymore. Yeah, the bin roll. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, just in general. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 one of those things. Like I was talking about earlier, with how the tribes can intermingle and fraternize and all that. It's like it doesn't really make the merge feel special, and it kind of adds a different aspect that could be entertaining, but I don't think necessarily will be the like the accessibility of technology and things like that and being able to really just out and out expose somebody for lying, I feel like is something that's kind of taken away um, with phones and stuff. I mean, sure, you can't have them at tribal council, but, you know, that doesn't stop them from showing them outside of tribal council or something. Yeah, that is a thing that, like, on actual Survivor, there is no text message. There is no you know, video chats or anything like that. And then, you know, if you wanted to say, hey, this guy was talking to me and here's the proof right here. Ching, ching, ching. Here's the, here's the messages and everything. And so it's, it's interesting how that plays a part in these college survivors because it really does. And uh, especially like last season with his bin bomb and everything. But, um, yeah, so I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I mean, I guess it's just the nature of the beast. You don't have to learn to deal with it. Um, I don't think that I like it, though. I don't think it adds enough of a kind of element to the game for me to be like, I'm glad this exists. So, uh, so uh, Cooper, he the, the four uh, returnees are on their tribes. He splits them up into tribes, and he says, all right, now you got to come up with your tribe names. Oh, oh, real fast, though. Um, sorry to keep interrupting. Those those green quote green bandanas that Cooper yes, was giving, yes. I was like, "Hey, bro, <laughs> you are your eyes work, Cooper. I like you and all. We cool. You my boy, but that ain't green, homie." <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Like that looks more aquamarine. Yeah, too. Um, and then later he was like, "Here, yeah, here, take these mint green uh, bandanas." I was like, "Thank you." Thank you for correcting that. That's at least closer to what it actually is. <laughs> Anyways, just before I forgot. All right, and um, 
So he he wants to give them gives them time to give them the tribe names. And on the purple tribe, which was from like the North Campus, or a lot of them reside in the North Campus. And so I think it was Nate that suggests, oh, El Norte as the tribe name. What, what, it, what like, what do you think of that one? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's okay. It's not the best name I've ever heard in the world. I, I don't know. This is okay. Yeah, that's how I felt too. I thought, it's like, okay. Uh, it's okay. It's yeah, not, it's like, super spectacular, but... Yeah, I, it definitely could have been better. And then... I, I, I mean, granted, it was probably good for on the spot like that. And then we go to the the Green Tribe, or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, Mint and, Green. <laughs> so they're trying to come up with, like, names all like... What's the name in, like, in, uh, in Japanese? And yeah, Central the, in another language. Yes. And then here comes Ivy with oh, uh, Tokidoki. That's my favorite Japanese. And like, yes. what, what does it mean? It means sometimes. Yes, sometimes. I was like, what? Tokidoki is the most ridiculous name. Bro, try. It is the dopest name. <laughs> what it are you easily, talking about? Easily outranks El Norte. Oh my cool gosh! Like it. All right. So first off, sure, it means sometimes relates nothing to being central about it. <laughs> With that said, it actually sounds like a real survivor tribe name. First off, like I could hear that being on the show. Um, I mean, it ain't any worse than what uh what's his name um he's from token chain second place steven uh, steven tried to pull with the the merge uh, yeah. i mean it's <laughs> uh, what what was that dingbat Ding, yeah no, dingus no, dingus yeah, yeah, yeah. anyways dingus <laughs> yeah i mean it's like it's easily better than something like that so i'm and also I, i'm a very big fan of japan um, so anything kind of related to Japanese culture, I'm down for. Okay, I think the the tribe name's ridiculous. I think I, they just did it for like the comedic factor of like, oh, Toki Doki, that'd be hilarious. No, no, this is <laughs> this is dope, Josh. Toki Doki <laughs> is amazing. Okay, so we get into honestly the I first mean, immunity challenge. They're they're probably going to dominate most of the challenges, especially if they're going to be pickle related challenges. <laughs> I mean, they're the green tribe. Pickles are green. The logic okay, is there. Okay, dang. I did not notice that. Mm-hmm. Pickles, green. Yep, exactly. The connection was there. All right, so the immunity challenge is a pickle grab, and it's in like three different stages. The first stage is, is you got like three newbies run out and grab a pickle, and there's six different pickles. I don't, how do they define the newbie? Like, they mean freshmen? No, for like, people who don't not, know anything. The non-returnees. Because there was two returnees per each tribe. Okay. Which I, left six I, I, people. Okay. See, whenever they said that, I was like, are they talking about people who've never watched Survivor before? <laughs> That's kind of it's just exposing them. Yeah, they were uh, talking I about I understand now. So, and then once all, they cast. get all the pickles or find the pickles and bring them back, then they have to do a pickle toss. And then toss them back down the line as soon as the, all the pickles across the line. And then the returnees have to chug pickle juice. So, I'm wondering... Um, Bro, I would have drank that pickle juice so fast. I would, too. Like, I love pickle juice is amazing. Also, if you got a cramp, go ahead and drink you some pickle juice. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. 
Oh, no, they should have let the people who had to run drink the pickle juice. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> way in which they shown all the people, like, doing the challenge. It was like they came in, they came on screen, they ran off screen. They came on screen, they ran off screen. So it was very, like, this whole section was kind of jarring for me. It was very hard for me to enjoy um, just from a production standpoint. But past that, um, I think just... It was fairly simple. Uh, I will say uh, after the initial running and collecting and then the whole handing off thing and all that, you had some people who were handing off who were still holding the pickles that kept kind of moving forward even though they really shouldn't have been. And then from what one of the people on El Norte said, they said try not, don't look for loopholes or anything like that. Don't try to cheat the challenge or break it or anything and but toki toki was like here we're just gonna all of them at once so i'm like did they why didn't they stop them and like was it actually okay or is this is this you know production's fault for not stopping and clarifying what was okay and what and um you know was that not a loophole that was that something they considered so overall, this was probably the worst section of the of the episode for me. I really enjoy and look forward to challenges, but just between the production and the confusion that seemed to be going on, without like them pausing to clarify things, just kind of ruined it for me. Yeah, I can kind of get that. I, I thought it was pretty interesting. I you know I thought it was kind of funny that it was like a whole. Uh, like a pickle challenge like they made a whole challenge out of like pickles which i thought was pretty funny but um yeah it was so um they were pretty like neck and neck i guess during the whole run and get the pickle thing and then the whole toss the pickle thing happened and in my mind i was thinking okay pickle toss you take one and you throw it to the next person and then you throw it to the next person and then so on and so on i would think that it would be only one pickle as well and then you just have to make like six yeah. trips with like, your pickle what i feel like what they were thinking they wanted them to do was with the three people they grab the pickle they go a fair distance away they toss it you know, and that's where the whole, if it hits the ground, you got to go, you got to take it back to the beginning thing kind of came in, but that didn't end up happening. They just kind of here, here, just like side by side, handed them off to each other or something. So I think maybe they should have, if that's, if the whole tossing thing is what they were going for, maybe they should have like marked off specific areas that you had to throw it from or something. Yeah. I almost feel like, the the Toki Toki tribe like jailbreak the challenge in a way, yeah. Because and if you were El Norte and you seen them grab like all of their ones at one time, you should have immediately been like, okay, screw it, let's just oh, do yeah. what they do. Yeah, just drop your pickle. You're gonna have to go back to the beginning anyways. Yeah, might as well just you know whoop, go back. Oh, here you go. And then they were just like so confused, and even when they were trying to like copy what they were doing eventually they were like grabbing them and then they were just confused like what did we do and they were like walking with them yeah and they was, which was like no you cannot walk when you got the pickles you just have to like pass them on or toss them to the person next to you and then and then cooper was just like okay just whatever just like let's just get this part over with and get to the like the pickle juice chugging yeah that's that's the part 
like, I could, I felt that. <laughs> and so I think that also probably played into me dis- disliking this part of the episode the most. And then, um, yeah, Matthew and uh, Aliza just destroyed the pickle juice thing. They just, they, I will say, El Norte almost caught up. Like, they, they were not that. Whoever was drinking the pickle juice, the freaking master pickle juice drinker. <laughs> I don't know who it was. I didn't, like, they, most of the time the camera was on uh, Matthew and, uh, was it Eliza? Eliza. Eliza. Yeah, on those two while they were drinking it. Also, you can tell this was pre-COVID. They they had no qualms with uh, drinking yeah, from drinking. the same pickle jar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't... Did El Norte even get to drinking the mm-hmm. juice? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they got through half of it. Really? Yeah, they caught up. Like Once they got to the juice part, they... Huh. It was, they almost caught them. Or at least made it seem that way. So it was Ben and Jack that was drinking the juice for them. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. So I, both of the, re- which which I guess the returnees were assigned that spot probably. Yeah. Um, and then, so also at the beginning of the challenge, Cooper throws in the twist. He's like, hey, um, also there's a new rule for this season. We're having idle clues hidden at the challenges. And here are the two clues. There's one for each tribe. And I'm just going to throw them down at my feet. And at any point, anybody can run over there and grab them. And so as soon as the challenge begins, uh, Dale and Jackson from Tokidoki just run over there and snatch them up. I think Dale was the one that actually got them, but he brings them back there. Uh, what do you think about this new, like, with about the idol clues being hidden at the challenges and about Dale being the one to snatch them up right away before the other tribe? So whenever I saw them run up and do it, I was like, that's really stupid. Like, why are you going to do that in front of everybody? And also, I think it was kind of dumb that they were allowed to take the other tribes um, thing. I mean, I guess, again, it kind of introduces a thing where they get to hand it off to a certain member of the other tribe or something like that. Which, maybe that'll be interesting later. I think that... I don't know how I feel about it, because if all the... If all of them are going to be that fast-paced, um, unless the clues are just in really obvious places, I don't know how they're going to have time to actually like step back and look for the clues at each challenge. So if they're in really obvious places, then that's just going to be kind of boring, I think. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to do it, though. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that the next ones are not like so obvious that they're like hidden like during like oh you gotta grab this and then you know, oh it's taped to the bottom of this and, yeah or and something yeah it. yeah so and then it's just like and then at that point um, I think that would be a little bit more interesting so um, what and then basically. Um, all right, so at the end of the challenge, Cooper says, all right, Tokidoki, come get your idol. And, uh, and so everybody's mentioning, like, okay, Matt, you go get it since you were, like, the all-star of the challenge and chug the juice. And so he starts to go up there, but then it's Cat uh, or one of the one of the girls, anyways, goes up there and cuts him off and, like, gets the idol before Matt can. 
And uh, yeah, it's, it had to be Cat because Shannon was the one that was talking about she it. She went before. on a tirade. She was like, I can't believe it was supposed to be reserved for the person who did the most in the challenge. And she just cut him off. And she hates Cat. And all right, so after the immunity challenge and stuff, Dale, he immediately. So it seems like each tribe goes and they have their like meeting after the the camp to kind of get to know each other and stuff. And so the Tokidoki tribe comes together and Dale shares his idol clue with them. And which I thought was a very smart thing for him to do because he took it in front of everybody. Obviously, they know he has it. If he kept it for himself, he would look like an idiot. That so, man said, I was hoping they forget, but they didn't. So I don't think he shared it because he wanted to. I think it's because somebody else asked about it. Well, I, I don't know. I I think he was going to do that anyways because I don't think there was no way he was going to like listen, take it and not share it. I'm just like, telling you what he said in his confessional, Josh. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, what do you think about um, Dale sharing? Should he have? kept it to himself uh, i think right now there's no reason to not share uh, and and one thing too is like the first clue is usually always just vague super vague so why <laughs> paint a target on your back keeping a clue yeah. that may be you know that more than likely you you may not even find an idol for so you're just doing that for no reason almost all right and then um so and they kind of immediately say, oh, I bet theirs is like the exact opposite. I bet their idol was here. So in, in which it, it was. And so um, the next clip we see, we see Jackson. He is the next day and he's looking for the idol. And so he's in the Arboretum and he's looking around. He's asking a squirrel that's eating a coat. That was hilarious. <laughs> that, Jackson, you, you earned funny points with me. Thank you for that. Yeah, that Thank squirrel you. was just out there. He was, that squirrel was not going to pay him any attention. He's like, I'm just out here eating my acorns. And so then we had, um, and so Jackson never finds it. And, he's, and Jackson's like, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty sure no one even came out here last night to go find it. And then we clip to Matthew. And Matthew's like, oh, yeah, I just come back from a girlfriend's house. We watched the Fire Festival documentary. You know, I'm not even tired, so I'm going to just go see if I can find it. Let's head to the north campus and so he goes he's searching around he's like and, and it's the return of detective matt he's like all right this is the case file tokidoki i give myself 80 no 90 wait no 95 percent confidence uh, it was in the grassy knoll by the bell i looked around i found no no footprints no evidence i couldn't find anything so uh you know and, and so you can't never find it but I do love the callback to Detective Matthew. Yeah, it's very, it's a very funny <laughs> shtick for sure. Okay, and then so Detective Matthew, he can't find it, but much like season one, where he was just late, um, one hour earlier than uh, Matthew, uh, Dale's out there and he's searching and he's searching. And he searches next to this Wolverine statue, and he finds the idol. And um, so Matthew just, he misses out again, just like season one where he was just a few minutes late. Now he's a, an hour late, and, and Dale finds the idol. Um, and so um, Dale finds it, and he's like hollering like, yeah, baby, I had the idol. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, 
You're not worried about somebody else hearing you find the idol if somebody else was searching. Yeah, I had the same exact thought. I was like, hey, dude, that's not that's not smart. Like, you better just What's wrong with it, you? Like, and, like, like I, I was really hoping that maybe, you know, the cameraman would have spotted, like, somebody, like, peeking through the bushes or something, <laughs> seeing that he found it, and then yeah. zoomed in just to highlight how freaking stupid that was. <laughs> so, Dale has an idol now, so... It's a turtle. That The idol looked pretty dope. Yeah, I thought and they're... it's they're very easy them. to conceal. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting to see what he does with the, the idol now. So, it's looking good for everybody that said Dale was their winner pick. It's, you know, looking pretty good for him right now. Yeah, which makes me makes me also kind of think that it might not be good. I don't know. I don't... Because, like, in TV Survivor, they give this kind of edit to people and th- just to throw us off. So, I wonder, I'm wondering if... Uh, if the same was true for Survivor Michigan. And and then, like, it comes back to a confessional. And I don't know why this, like, stuck out to me, but Adele goes, you know, shooters are going to shoot, and the best player is going to win the game. And then he, like, pulls the idol up, and he's like, yeah, baby. And I was just like, what? Shooters going to shoot, and the best players are going to win the game. I don't know. I don't, I don't play sports. <laughs> what do I know about that? And one thing about Dale was, like, how many times are we going to see that clip of him shaving his beard, too? Because, like, in the preseason, preseason little clip, it was him shaving his beard. Like, oh, i got to look younger. And then, like, in the actual, like, um, introduction, like, the, where they're, like, showing everybody and, like, da-da-da-da. It was him shaving his beard. And then we've seen it, like, earlier in the show. So, it was like, geez, how many times are we going to see that clip? No, it's actually completely different clips. It just grows back that fast. <laughs> it just fast. grows back super fast. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I know about that life. <laughs> Me and my majestic beard. <laughs> so, does he does he actually look younger? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I didn't. I mean, like he doesn't look like he's how old is he? Twenty eight. Yeah. Like I I don't think he necessarily looks twenty eight. Um, which. Apparently, the way that I perceive how old people look is off because I got told I look like I was 32. I'm only 25. I'm only 25. <laughs> you're an old man. You're older than me. Well, now you're the same age as me now. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. 32 years old. That makes me so sad. Okay. So maybe maybe he does look like he's 28, even without the beard. And I'm just bad at making that kind of judgment call. All right, so after all that, we see we go to the the El Norte tribe. They meet up at a restaurant after the challenge, so they can all meet up and get to know each other. I will, uh, I will say that I don't remember who pointed it out, but um, somebody pointed out Ben and I believe Katie were like immediately just eating off the same plate, and I was like, that's that was really really observe. Um, observant observant thank you observant of them and honestly i was like after i saw it i was like that's a really really rookie move for ben who's already been in the game who's already been in the game been in the game i'm sorry i'm sorry you got it yeah it was bad okay um don't turn us off please all right so this is where 
Oh, they're they're asking him about the season, the season he was on, and Ben's like, you know, and then they're asking him, like, oh well, who do you know from the other tribe? And he's like, well, you know, Alisa, uh, we were on the same season, but we weren't like, you know, we never saw eye to eye in the game or anything, and um, they were like, well, what happened? And then he's like, well, you know, I kind of. He's like, well, you'll know. And then eventually he says, well, I'll just go ahead and tell you. I screen recorded all of the, there was like me and these other two were, um, we were using this one girl and um, I felt bad about it as I was going out. And, and then I screen recorded all of our, our conversations of us bashing her and stuff. And, and I sent it out to everybody who was left in the game as I was getting voted out. And, you know, that's why there's no phones left at, at, at Tribal Council anymore because they don't want people, like, screwing other people's games right as they're leaving the game or something. And so, yeah, he openly admits that he just, he did something like that. And everybody's like, holy crap. So what, what do you think of Ben just, like, immediately coming clean about what happened on his season? It's very stupid, especially <laughs> since... Like I, I was of the mindset that, um, there, like even with the whole 2019 thing earlier, I was of the mindset that these, these were, or maybe it was after this, so maybe I don't, I don't remember, uh, that they they could have just watched it, you know, so, um. So I was like, you know, okay, there's no reason to lie because they probably have already seen it if they're astute anyways, you know, try to do some kind of um, research before joining a show or something like that. Um, But now knowing that it hadn't been is definitely, definitely stupid. Like, he tried to play it off about... um, like saying he felt bad, but I, I feel like that's probably not what that was. That was. I think he was pissed off that he got voted out, and he wanted to expose everybody. But I haven't watched it. That's the only. That's just me guessing at what happened. Yeah, I have a hot take here. I think that was the right move to make because I think um, I feel like him being open and honest with his tribe because I feel like. It's going to come out eventually because who knows? Because people are going to ask. People are going to be like, the, and once, as soon as they find out, like, oh, Ben's a returnee, they're going to know somebody that was from season three or, you know, they're going to be talking around. And eventually, or even Elisa could be like, hey, guess what Ben did this time and out him out. There's so many people who could, you know, expose what he did. And then if when once the people from his tribe finds out like, oh, he did that. And um, they're, they're going to be like, oh, well, he's super sneaky. But with him being upfront and honest with everybody, I feel like um, it's a little bit more. It comes off as like, OK, you know, he did that, which was horrible, but at least he told us. And I think it had been way worse for him if he didn't say anything about it. And then later on, his tribe finds out because I think for sure some way, somehow, it would be exposed. And then they're going to be like, holy crap, you know, this guy cannot be trusted. He didn't even tell us about it. I think it would be way worse if he didn't say anything about it. And then this way, yeah, it is a gamble that, you know, these people might be, like, super sketched by him him because he did that. But at least he's 
out in the open and he and you know he said it and, and uh, like up front with him about it uh, there's definitely something there to appreciate for him um owning up to it for sure uh i don't think any of the points you made were bad i still stick with what i said about not doing it i don't think you necessarily have to lie in that situation um because there's definitely a thing as being too honest um too open um okay and what i mean by that is like oversharing oversharing is never a good thing i don't think um i'm i'm sure there's some example out there that it's okay but uh, not in a game. Like you don't offer more information than what's asked of you. So I think he didn't necessarily have to lie. I think he could just be like, "Yeah, I made it to such and such and got voted out." It was, you know, it just happened, um, and then left it at that. Uh, and sure, maybe it could have came out later on. I don't know. You know, uh, maybe there would have been fallout from it, but you know, we can't know that for sure. You can only speculate. Uh, I, I would be worried if I was him that uh, maybe somebody gets too overly suspicious that he they felt like he was being too honest. And then they're like, well, what if he's doing that as a form of manipulation to try and make us think that he's changed, whereas he's still probably the same player? Does that make sense? Yeah. I, f- I feel like what where it's going to hurt him the most is that now people are going, people are always going to have in the back of his mind is he screen recording screen recording every conversation like that's where it's going to hurt him is where people are going to be a little hesitant of reaching out to him because they're going to be like you know how are we going to know that he's not going to just go back to his old ways screen record everything and then you know be showing everybody our conversation yeah or at the very least he's going to be doing a lot of walking to meet up with people yeah, so he's gonna just end up person. super in shape. <laughs> so I, I, I think I think he did the the best thing for himself. That's what I think, anyways. And I know that's a hot take because I think everybody else thinks like, "What did he off? Why did he even say anything about it?" But I feel like it would be a lot worse for him if he didn't say anything about it at all, and then it comes out, and everybody's like, "Okay, that's even more shady than if he just you know outright said what he did." But we'll have to see. We'll have to see uh, if that, what, how that all pans out for him. Yeah. I mean, he didn't get voted off this episode, so. Yeah. Um, I guess it was beneficial for him. So, and then we get to a shot of where Elisa, she's telling about how, um, in, in earlier in the episode, we find out that um, Aaron and Kat know each other, but they're on different tribes. Aaron is on the El Norte, and Kat is on the um, Tokidoki tribe, and they're actually like sorority sisters, and uh, they're trying to downplay it a little bit, like, oh, we just get together to watch, you know, The Bachelor or whatever, but um, Elisa's, like, uh, she knows, like, okay, uh, because um, Aaron apparently is telling everybody on her tribe everything that Kat's telling her. And so Elisa's like, uh, that's definitely not a good thing that, you know, cause they have to know like, okay, what the heck is Aaron telling Kat then? And then Kat's telling everything that's going on on our tribe. Like, how can we trust this girl if she's telling everything that's going on on our tribe to someone on the other tribe? And then the other tribe's going to know everything going on. It's like, 
Uh, and I think both tribes actually feel that way too. Like, oh, how can we trust Cat if she's telling everything to Aaron over there on that tribe? So yeah, and like they both both tribes have proof that they're they're communicating. Um, like, why would you think that it's a good idea to be friends with somebody on the other tribe? And like, and maybe she did, and we just didn't see it, but. Unless you're doing it as a way to barter or offer up information from the other tribe, what the other tribe's doing. Like, that's the only way that I could see that being, like, an okay thing. But other than that, like, you see everybody else, like, shh, shh, about any potential relationships that they have with people, already existing relationships that they have with people in the game. Yeah, because we know that. Apparently, Ivy knows Nate, and they're on opposite tribes, too. And um, and she kept it secret, whereas Aaron was pretty, like, she told, like, oh, yeah, I know who she is. And I know. We're best friends. Yeah, like, we talk all the time and, and yeah, stuff like that, which was like, why would you tell somebody that? That's definitely shady, and that's going to be, like, uh, that's a huge advantage, too, that people are going to be like, oh, well, she knows somebody from the other tribe. That's, like, she's going to get more information than what we can get. That's dangerous yeah, and, that, and she could leak yes, information information about what's going on over here so yeah so yeah it was definitely not her smart move she should have just been like yeah but i don't know her <laughs> i mean at least feign that you don't know her and, and or at least, yeah. that you're not close anyways because um we know that cat knew about ben telling everybody about what happened on season three so we know that aaron told cat um, about um, mm-hmm. what happened. So that and the plan to give Tom the idol got leaked somehow. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit too. Um, all right, so we go back to Tokidoki for a little bit, and we see that Matthew and Dale are they're forming a tight bond. They've been talking to each other, and they form the Mad Men Alliance. Matt and Dale Men Alliance. <laughs> It could have been better. Yeah, like, <laughs> At I was, least that was clever. I like that better than Tokidoki, but... Uh, you have bad taste. <laughs> Take that back right now. They weren't even draping, dude. They Like, none at all. I just draped. I know that none of you can see it, but that's what I just did, because that's just how iconic it is. Anyways, <laughs> Mad Men's a great TV show. Watch it if you haven't. Yeah, I've never seen it. But, um, so, and then we go to Elisa, she's, she says, like, even though we, we, uh, you know, we won the, the first immunity challenge, she's, I'm going to take the time to reach out to people, and we see her reaching out to Shannon, and, um, Shannon's meeting up with Elisa, we see Shannon meeting up with Dale, so it seems to me that a lot of people really want to work with Shannon. I'm eager to see how Shannon does in the game. I think she's, uh, like, apparently people really want to work with her, so uh, she could be in for a long haul here. Please, God, no. <laughs> um, and then we see Ivy's pretty much at the bottom, that she's kind of like, um, at least from what Adam was saying, that she's just not really with the tribe, or she's kind of distanced herself, or whatever, so... Um, and I can see that a little bit, that she's going to be on the outs. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably a fair assessment. Um, at least from what we've seen on the show uh, so far, 
she's the only one that really hasn't reached out to anybody. Uh, I know that there was one confessional where she was talking about somebody, and I can't remember like the specifics of it. Uh, well, she was talking about how she had bonds with Nate from the other tribe, and she also knows Ben because of uh, she was like his like yeah, orientation yeah, leader. Yeah. But she said she didn't really trust him. That's right. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like she just kind of ended up on the wrong tribe. <laughs> Maybe she was hoping to end up with Nate. But uh, she actually thinks, she, I think she's like, oh, yeah, that's perfect that he's on opposite tribes because then we can share information and then we're going to make it to it. She's like, oh, she was like, I'm almost guaranteeing we're going to make the final three. Yeah, and then um, we see some strategizing from El Norte. And uh, as soon as the challenge ends, uh, I think it was Megan that was saying, um, oh, I drove my car here so I can offer people rides. And then she ends up with Tom and and Jack. And then they make like this a little alliance between them as Tom, Jack, and Megan. And they're, they're, they're together. And um, Yes, this is the, the Power 3 alliance. I can't remember the name that Tom gave it, though. That makes me sad. The Car Alliance? I don't know. No. That's no, what it I was, called it. It was, but... the three, it was the three countries. Oh, yeah. Like what? Brazil, Argentina, and something. F. I'm sorry, Going Tom. after Paraguay. I'm sorry. But I do. I, this is the alliance that I think I'm rooting for the most, is, is Tom, Jack, and, and Megan. I think that's a good alliance. Um, I hope that's, that, that's the people that I'm really rooting for right now, I think. Why? I don't know. I just I, I I like Jack from his season. Uh, Tom I think is a solid player. Uh, Megan is I don't know. Megan is kind of neutral to me right now. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I think I disagree with that. I mean, I think they could possibly go far. I think Jack probably has enough pull with uh, Camilla to maybe pull her in and um get her to vote with him as he sees fit Um, because Camilla seems kind of like an airhead and probably as long as you can kind of frame it like it being a big move or she's the one that came up with it or something like that, make her think she thought of it, then you could probably get her to do anything you want. So I could see it being a really strong thing. Right after we see the, the car whole thing, we see... Erin, she's doing confessionals, and she's, well, while she's talking, she's, like, eating Nutella. Nutella, or whatever. Was she? Yeah, she was, like, taking scoops. Uh, yeah, and that's right. It. That's and right. she was, like, just, like, bashing people and stuff. <laughs> and um, then we go to Camilla, and Camilla's talking about how she likes older men, and she's like, oh, well, not, like, older men, like, 45-year-olds or something, but uh, maybe seniors. Should, maybe you should cut that out. And then... <laughs> Even though she was recording it with her phone at the time and could have just started over yeah and then camilla it cuts to she's like oh well i like you know people like seniors and then it cuts to oh jack is a senior and (laughs) jack has a girlfriend and uh camilla's like talking to him and she's she's definitely being flirty with him and uh, jack's like uh I kind of made it obvious that I have a girlfriend and stuff, but, you know, if she's willing to work with me, then, hey, I'm, you know, I can, I'll take the, you know, the uh, alliance member or whatever. Well, that and uh, Camilla then proceeds to share all the corny 
Yeah, the corny jokes. jokes. <laughs> but um, I made my own right then because they were about corn. Yeah. Yeah, that was cringe. That was like... Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I may have fast-forwarded through that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, she was talking about all oh, shucks and ears of corn and and all like I was like, oh my gosh, like why would she make a confessional about that about the jokes that they were making to each other? I think she just wants to be on the video. She kind of she gives me a Nora kind of feel. I think she might. I mean, maybe not as crazy. Yeah, but I think she gonna she gonna she might get there. And then we see Adam tells Kat that, um, because they do like a joint confessional, um, where they're like sitting in front of a computer or something together. And then, so, uh, he says like, well, I may have watched more than just one season. Like he's dying to tell somebody like he's like a super fan. And then he tells Kat. And then that's this is when Shannon goes on her like hour long tirade of like I hate Cat. She all she says is about how she's a ROTC and I'm sick of hearing how she's a ROTC and how she's in a sorority can, and all. Can that. we get a fist fight between Cat and Shannon? Okay, and then we get to the point where Toki Doki has to decide of who to give the idol to. They decide out of everybody over there at El Norte. They decide Tom is the is the person that we want to see get the idol clue. Ben tells Tom like, "Hey, if they were to give me the idol clue, then I would share it with everybody because otherwise you're gonna get like a target painted on you and stuff." And so Ben or Tom says, "All right." He messages messages the El Norte group and says, "Hey, they agreed to." Send me the idol. I want y'all all there. So, uh, you know, there's some accountability to, you know, me getting the clue and then everybody can see it. And, you know, it's all fair for everybody. But anyways, Jackson is the one that comes by and, like, gives the idol clue to Tom. And Tom is like almost opens up the clue in front of in front of Jackson, and then like Jack's got to jump in front of him, and he's like, "Okay, don't be flashing, just let us see it, and, and nobody like say it out aloud or anything, because Jackson's gonna hear it." And um, Tom slips up, and he says, "Oh, it's the opposite of their clue," and Jackson picks up on that. He's like, "Huh? Um, how did he know that it was the opposite of my clue?" Unless they just guessed it, or somebody from our tribe done told one of them over there, and that person told everybody else. And so that's where I think Aaron screwed up big time, is that it was obvious that it was Aaron that was the leak. She told Kat, and Kat told everybody what their clue was, what the um, toki-doki clue was. Yeah, that's very possible. Um, I, I honestly don't remember that part too well uh because in my head all i can think about is the the alliance between the four returning players so i like i'm looking for every reason to think that you know aaron and cat aren't probably the only leaks between the two tribes so yeah i mean they could have been what ivy and nate or whatever that that's true as well. Like, that's true as well. But I think it was. I think for sure, it it was probably more or less um, Aaron and 
cat that are like spilling each other to try secrets to each other and that's just that like uh like elisa was saying like that's a rookie move and and, and it's kind of like they were not hiding it too well either about they were sharing information between the tribes ben said something about um that um they knew about the other tribes idol or something something like that ben knew that cat was saying something to Aaron and, and vice versa. I think both tribes were on to both cat uh, and Aaron giving information to each other. And just the fact that they know, like everybody knows that they know each other. Just the fact that, you know, someone from their tribe knows somebody from the other tribe. That's a big threat just in itself too. So I think that all together, Ben, he's, he's out in plain sight. Everybody knows he's a returning player. He's always going to have that target on his back anyways as a returning player. Um, whereas maybe Aaron could slide under the, slide under, back under the radar or something. That's what I think. I think they were thinking, oh, well, Ben, he's always going to have a target. We can get rid of him anytime. Now might be the time to get rid of Aaron. Um, gotcha. Okay. No, I mean, no, it makes sense. I get it. Um, so do you think if Tokidoki would have went um, and it had been capped, do you think Aaron makes it farther in the game and vice versa? Do you think Cat now makes it farther in the game because that perceived threat that she had with her sharing and getting information back and forth with Aaron is now gone? Unless, you know, assuming Shannon doesn't get to pick everybody's votes. I don't know. I think the damage is already done. I think that they see them as like, oh, well, this is a person who has already done shown to, like, give out information to the other tribe. How can we ever trust this person again? Even with that person gone, um, they've already been proven to be kind of like a sneaky person. So I think the damage has already been done. And I feel like maybe Kat might be on the bottom of her tribe um, when... if. Tokidoki ever goes to tribal council yeah I don't think they do they might not I think they got a pretty stacked tribe so it might be El Norte going to tribal council time and time again yeah that's the feeling I get from the season if El Norte goes to tribal council again who's going home I feel like it'll be Nate that's I think I think so too I think Nate Nate or Katie Neither of them gave me, like, super strong impressions. Um, well, I guess Nate did, but it was the wrong kind of impression. The kind that I think ends up making people dislike him. And Katie just seems kind of like she'd be the easy one that's probably not really in anybody's alliance, so they don't lose anything by just getting rid of her. Well, I think she has ties with Ben, and if Ben... And Jack are working together. We've seen where, like, oh, all the four attorneys get together. They talk about, like, oh, we're together. But even Matthew's like, oh, yeah, we got together and said that we're together to the end. But he knows that it's just BS. Like, it's just kind of like they had to do that or whatever. Yeah, because somebody brought it up. It's like, oh, don't put me in this awkward situation. I don't want to actually work with all of you. And if that's the case, then, you know, Ben's really only got Katie. Whereas Jack's got Megan and Tom, um, and probably Camilla as well. Yeah, I think that's what where the majority alliance is going to be. So I think they'll have control, and so they'll pick off um, the rest of them if yeah. they keep going so, travel council. I think from Tokidoki, like I said, I picked Dell. 
Um, but as we talked through the episode and I thought about it more, um, if I had anybody to pick from El Norte, it would be Jack. So. Okay, so um, if Toki Doki goes to Tribal Council, who do you think is going to go from Tribal Council there? I feel like they're just going to go with the easy Ivy pick because, you know, Cats. As much as Shannon didn't really care to hear about ROTC, <clears throat> I think that makes her valuable in challenges. Um, I don't know exactly like the extent of everything that she's done in ROTC, but maybe she's gone through some kind of like boot camp or something like that, or something similar, like different kind of courses and stuff like that that you expect somebody in the military to be able to run during boot camp. Um, and if that's the case, then she's probably going to be a really physical asset. Um, so I think they probably keep her around. Um, I think, I feel like everybody likes Adam, um, right now. Shannon seems to be in good. Dale's got the idol, so unless something just out of this world happens, I don't see him going home. Yeah, I mean, it would be between Jackson and Ivy for me. Uh, as of right now, but I would still lean more towards Ivy, I think. Yeah, I think she seems to be the one who's out, um, who's on the outs the most. So I would have to say, yeah, I think I, if, if they go to Tribal Council, I think it will be Ivy. Um, and then if I had to, it'd be Ivy, then Adam, then Jackson. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like people like Adam. I feel like Adam's going to, Make it, I don't know, to merge, but close. Yeah, I mean, that could be the case. We'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, but I definitely think that Ivy's on the bottom over there. But, you know, going back to the Tribal Council, um, was there anything from the Tribal Council that kind of stood out to you? There seemed to have been some conflicted votes. Um, you had a couple people or the parchment or whatever that they had written on. Some of them had been scribbled out in some places and then rewrote the name on the other side or right beside where you, they had scribbled it out. So, uh, it seems to me that going into it, um, people still don't be, don't seem to be 100% decided on who they're voting for right now, which I think means that maybe these alliances, um, aren't fully formed or, necessarily coherent yet coherent i don't think that's the right word um aren't necessarily like solidified yeah and um for me uh what stood out the most about this tribal council was i think ben in my mind here here's another hot take for me is i think ben really did a good job at this tribal council where he was like yeah you know um i was out you know i was up and honest about what happened in my season and I, I did that as a show of good faith that this time I'm trying to play you know a different game and and, and I, I don't want to play you know into that whole drama and get into all that this time I did that to be you know up and uh, up front and honest with everybody so that they can see that that's the kind of game that I want to play and that I'm here to you know play with this group of people you know I, th- I think that that was a good that was a good move for him we'll see <coughs> i'm still not 
of the opinion that that was a good thing, but... I guess from what we could talk about the, the upcoming episode a little bit, and I thought what was pretty interesting is that during the filming of season four, season one is just coming out now. Episode Season one, episode one is coming out, and so for... Uh, Matthew in particular, everybody's going to start seeing these episodes. And season one was a crazy, crazy season. So um, I'm eager to kind of see how this is all going to come out. And also this may affect how people do confessionals because they're seeing this for the first time, how everything's going to be edited and stuff. So they're going to be seeing, like, how is this going to affect them, you know, filming confessionals and all that. So maybe... Now that they're seeing how everything works and how it's going to look, maybe they'll, um, you know, like film themselves a little bit better, make sure their lighting's good or talk a little bit louder and all that to make sure. Um, yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be fun to see. Um, I think for the returning, at least Matt, since he's from season one, this could be to his detriment, especially as people see it and react to it in real time versus having been able to already watch it and digest it and, you know, maybe move past it or forgotten some of the details of Matthew's game or something like that. Um, so I think the person that kind of hurts the most is Matthew. Yeah, because I feel like he had very similar confessionals in season one, too, where he was like, oh, you know, I'm running this game and I got, you know, these people here and all this and that. And I'm, you know, I'm the lion and yeah. all this and that. And I think, yeah, that's not going to look too good for him because people are going to think, like, uh, is he doing confessionals like this again? And how is that going to, will he adjust his game for that? For, for what's happening, for, you know, all these episodes that people are going to be seeing now, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be fun to see some kind of, if there's going to be any kind of fallout because of it. Um, if not, then it is what it is, I guess. All right, so um, one thing I want to do real quick is give us your rankings of, like, how do you, who do you think is going to go, like, from the first one out to the, to uh, the in, in terms of just the returnees, like who do you think is going to be the first one to who's going to last the longest? Okay, <clears throat> I think Ben goes out first. Matt goes out second. Jack third, and Eliza last. Okay. So, I, I think Eliza, I get the feeling that Eliza will have strong connections, but her game will be under, or low-key enough to where she isn't perceived as too much of a threat. Um, I think Jack, his game will be almost like that, but um, as the game gets further on, it'll seem like he's more the ringleader of his alliance, and then that's going to put a bigger target on his back. Um, I really don't feel like most of Ben's tribe is going to trust him. So that's, that's why I would say he, he'd go out first and then the only spot left is third. So Matt just kind of falls in. I'm not really sure how I think it'll happen. Yeah, I think, um, I think the easy thing would be like, oh, Ben's definitely going to be fourth. But I, I actually think, I don't think he's going to be, I think because of 
this the season one coming out and everything i think maybe and I mean, it kills me to say this because the Matthews one of the ones that I was most interested in seeing this season. But I think he's going to be the first one out of the returnees out, and then Ben, then Jack, and then Aliza. So all we disagree on is three and four. Yeah. Okay. Which I mean, I guess it's fifty percent, but it doesn't. I think it's rare that we agree on the top half. Yeah, I I think for me I could see it uh, two ways. I could see it like the the top two and the bottom two switching. Like I could see Ben being the first, and then uh, Matthew, and then I could see you know Eliza, and then Jack. Yeah, that's fair. I can I can I can agree with that. All right, um, that's pretty much it. I wanted to look through this list of questions that I had. Yeah, one of the questions was like green buffs, really. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no. And the other one was, what do you think of Nate's Twitter handle? Um, da, da, da. Oh, and one question I was like, what, if you were in college, um, or what, you kind of are, though, aren't you? Uh, yeah, but like, not traditionally. Yeah. Um, but if you were at college and they had whatever, you know, Survivor, UGA, or whatever, and you were there, would you compete? Uh, if the challenges weren't in public, yes. But if they're, well, if they're, they're going to be in public and I got to deal with people looking at me, it's going to be a no. What in the world? Um, I, I stand by my social, uh, I don't, I wouldn't call it anxiety, but I do not like <laughs> people staring at me. So if it, if it's, if it's, a you know, kind of away from main campus with a bunch of random people watching. I could probably deal with, like, the camera crew and all that because that's a necessary evil. Would you? Oh, yeah, I would. Yeah, if this was, like, at Georgia Southern or something, they're like, Survivor, Georgia Southern. Heck, yeah, I'd be on season one straight out the way. Of course you would. What if they, what if, like, that suddenly became a thing? That I would be devastated, man. I'm like, what the crap? Y'all gonna have this now after I've been done graduated? Well, maybe they like they offer a position for alumni. I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to go back to school then. <laughs> I'm not gonna get my PhD now. Yeah. All right. So, uh, is there anything else from this episode? Um, not that I can think of. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing more though. And so I'm super excited to see how this goes, and I'm, I'm like super excited to see the returnees and stuff. And uh, that's why I was here. I was trying to convince you to like, like we gotta watch Survivor Michigan. It's something new, and we're not just like rewatching some old season of Survivor that's happened years and years ago. So, and you know, this is something we just can't Google. And it's like, oh, okay, this is what happened. So yeah. this is happening cool. every week. At the very least, it's going to be fun. Uh, whatever the result or however I end up feeling about it, I think the whole process is going to be fun because we do this podcast for fun. Um, so because it's fun talking about Survivor with you and all that kind of stuff. So you know, getting uh, thinking about it deeply and all that kind of stuff. So whether or not, um, like I said, whether or not I walk away being like, yeah, this was worth my time, or uh, maybe not, not again. Um, 
I think I think it's gonna be fun. So, also to people who um, listen to this, who may have been on the show or part of the production or something, don't bully me online too much, please. And I specify too much because I've definitely said some mean things on here, so I can appreciate a little bit of it. I may need to make my Twitter private. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So I guess that'll do it for us for this episode of the Survivor Analyst Podcast. And we will be recapping episode two um, later on. So. All right. Well, we will see you next time. Later. Peace out.